The world around us is smart. We think your education should be smart too. With the FlexPath learning format from Capella University, you can set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move forward at your pace. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Black mass, man, it's time to rock. I had to find a way, I couldn't find a job. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Black mass, man, it's time to rock. I had to find a way, I couldn't find a job. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. I woke up, then I logged in to that Urban X where they be flexing with that blog in. Put it down, cause my little homie called in. Had to bail him out, he in trouble with the law again. Black skin can't win in the white world. Seen a brother kill his own kid for that white girl. We ain't wanna go to school, but we had to. Every February, it was scary in them classrooms. Shimmy y'all, shimmy gay. Old dirty bastards can't own dirty slaves, so they own dirty masters. Black dot found a pot as a youngin' broke it down for his son. And now he serve it to the masses. Black mass, man, it's time to rock. I had to find a way, I couldn't find a job. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Black mass, man, it's time to rock. I had to find a way, I couldn't find a job. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Urban excellence, a product of my residence. From four score to 44, Obama was the president. I told mama I ain't tryna go to church I'm like Adam, every Adam is a product of the dirt And I've been reaping what he sold I got the product, got the dirt And I can teach you what I know But then you got him put in work You in trouble if you waiting on the government I told my bro I make it out the hood And that's a covenant Yeah, what's good? Yeah, what's good? Yeah. We are here Yeah, yeah Yo, Mars went On that second verse yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was stupid on that. Yeah, he got in on that. Yeah, he was stupid on that. It was eight bars, <clears throat> but he got in on it. Stop commenting that it was eight bars. That's all it needed. It was eight bars. You know, I'm I'm a plentiful kind of guy. That's all it needed. It didn't I, need more than that. I've been saying before you was born. Okay. Yeah, but that's dope. It's dope. It it, it speaks to who we are. Right. It speaks to what we do. Right. And we are very appreciative. I mean? Appreciative. Urban excellence, a product of my residence. See? Absolutely. That's what we appreciate out here, man. Four, four, and four score the president. Obama was president. Yeah, yeah. He went in on that. Yeah, he blacked on that. He blacked. He blacked. What up? What up to the people in the chat? For the Urban people that's here. X Nation. For the people that are listening. For the people listening on the podcast. Saying? We are happy to be here with you as always. How was your week? Uh, my week was uh my week was cool. It was eventful in the news, but you know my week wasn't wasn't really eventful. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But <clears throat> there was a lot that was going on. And I'm excited to talk about. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. Um, my week was also amazing. Life is good. I'm here. I'm breathing. I'm right. alive. Right. We do have uh, a, a quick announcement to make. You know, we here at Urban Excellence or Urban X, you know, Momi Media, uh, we we're ever expanding. Right. And. Um, Today we hired somebody. Mm -hmm. This is big. This is big. Everybody. This was really, really big yeah. because it's, it's, it demonstrates the growth that takes place here. And we hired my daughter, Odyssey, mm -hmm. and promoted her to associate producer. Let's clap that. Let's clap that up. On her first day, she got promoted. Yeah. First day. Yeah. And, and she was excited. 
you know, she, I'm a part of the team. Until she find out what the associate producer does, which is go to the store and get her shit and exactly. clean up. And she was like, what? That's what the associate producer does. She did a great job on the first day. She did. You but now she, we might have to Alejandro her. We got to give her a chance. Immediately, because once she find out what the job entailed, you know, 16-year-old kid, she got an attitude. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like. You know, but we gotta let her settle into the position. Settle into the position. Go get stuff. Bring me my glasses. Go get me a cup of coffee. Right. You know, set the lights up. Right. You know, do stuff. Do stuff. But uh, you know, as a small company, we're growing. We're growing, and uh, we want to thank you for your support because uh, you know, big things. Exactly. Big things go on. Big things go on. Oh gosh, I really, I can't stand when people do knockoff Jamaican accents. Like it really. Oh, yeah, talking Re- about that. Oh, yeah, talking to that. That's not urban excellence for you. That, it's it, it's Bumble disgusting. Bumble Clyde, Now, it's funny you say that, because I'm going to give you a story. Right oh, off okay, go ahead. Had this Jamaican friend. His name was Tyrone Scott, or Tyrone Scott, right? We in the fourth and fifth grade, and he used to have this little saying, and it would drive all the girls crazy. <laughs> right? No, this is real talk, right? He would say, Take it easy, boom, boom, cheesy. <laughs> and all the little fifth graders would go crazy. Tyron, say it, say it. So, you know me, I try to say that shit too. I'm like, yo, take it easy. Like, boom, boom, cheesy. And they would just go, dude, like, really? Like, you need to get a life. Tyron, Tyron. And that was his catch. And he would make them wait, like, you know, settle, settle. Easy now, settle. And then they would be waiting, and he would take it easy, boom, boom, cheesy, and they would go crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah that's my uh, Hood Cosby story. Oh, my gosh. Up to date. Just get that out of the way right right off the bat. You know, yeah. Tyrone Scott, that's my boy. Shout out. He on, on the West Coast now, but uh, I'm pretty sure he would get a laugh out of that. <laughs> so what we got going on, man? We got some announcements to make, or we just diving in, or what's the uh, we Okay, we launched our first... Hip hop recoder class on Patreon. Let's clap that up. Facts, facts. That was great. You know, we've been waiting to launch the Patreon page. Like for, for real, for real. For real, for real. You know, we we put up some some archive stuff just to give people, you know, appetite a little wet. But we did our first class. It's called E equals M C squared. It's nothing to do with Einstein's theory. It's me taking hip hop. Taking everything around me and finding a hip-hop lens to put on it. Yeah. So um, E equals MC squared is the first class up. We're excited about that. And, you know, every week, once a week, we're going to be putting up an exclusive class. So if you want to see me teach and hear what goes on inside of my mind when it comes to hip-hop, then you need to become a Patreon. We'll have the links Yes, in the description. You'll see it. In the description, and we're very excited about that because it's the first rollout of a few things mm-hmm. that's going to come out uh, in the future as we take this a little bit more serious. And I'm proud of you once again uh, because you do an amazing job when you get focused on what it is you want to do. Because, ladies and gentlemen, he's pushing your dad. I need that class. What's uh-huh. good? What's up with that class? So, you know me, I get a little lazy. I mean, I, I'll get around to it. So, he's keeping me sharp. And at the same time, it, I'm able to archive my entire history when it comes to hip-hop. Right. So, this is a legacy I'm bestowing upon to you. It's going to be your responsibility. I'm honored. Okay? So, you're going to be gathering all my stuff. Yeah. 
And the goal is when all of these books drop and all this stuff, when I'm long gone, I want to be able to send your kids and their kids to school uh, or off the residuals. And it's something that you could hold on to and you're adding on to it. So you're not just, uh, you know, hoarding the information right. you are adding on. And I think that this is a great opportunity to kill a couple of birds with one stone. I'm with, yeah, I understand. I you know what I mean? So that's what it's about. I'm going to put up my old albums, uh, old uh, interviews with celebrities. I got a lot of stuff that's going to be on our Patreon page. So if you're into promoting us and supporting us, in the, and that's one good outlet that you can... Um, another announcement, we sold a lot of shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you wanted a er hashtag Urban Excellent shirt, it's over. Yeah, yeah, that, that little campaign is is, is over. Yeah. So so we sold out of those. We're happy about that as well. Again, that's the, the support of the people. And uh, that's and, why we work as hard as we do here. And the start. Only, you know what I'm saying? The beginning of Abs something. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. We won't say too much. Yeah, because, you know, dad will be done gave yeah, it all. like, up. dude, if you see the looks he give me, he'd be like, I wish I could just smack you. <laughs> but he can't. Because we, like, we would have, we were but like, when the just... cameras are off, I told y'all, he beats me. Don't, don't believe him. He beats me. Don't he believe him. He's just irresponsible sometimes. Like, we talk about these things. Like, we're not, we, we're going to keep that under wraps. And then as soon as the camera gets on, he tells everybody. It's showtime, baby. It's showtime. He tells everybody. You know? I just let it rip. So, um, let's talk about Leo Cohen. Let's get right into Leo, huh? Let's get right, let's in get Leo. right into the Jews. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like this show. Yeah, let's get We're right. going right in on the Jews, baby. Let's get into the So, um, so talk, set it up. Set it up. So, he had a uh, interview with the Breakfast Club, and this is, uh, one of their long, one of their long ones. Usually, their interviews are like 20, 25 minutes, thirty mm -hmm, minutes. This mm -hmm. was like an hour, so they were going in. And throughout the whole interview, he was kind of sunning everybody there. Like he, kept, I thought he was joking at right, first, but right. he kept trying to um, go at their hip hop knowledge. Mind you, these are hip hop radio. Yeah, so they jockeys. do have some knowledge of and one of the DJs, like you know, what I'm saying yeah. he's a radio right. jockey. One is a whole DJ, and he's like really, and then not. All of them are over 40. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. You know what I'm saying? So that's very disrespectful. Yeah, he yeah. was just going in like, nah, y'all kids, y'all don't know about this stuff. And then they asked him about uh, his, I guess, philosophies on uh, signing uh, signing talent that have drug problems mm -hmm. and things like mm -hmm. that. And they mm -hmm. put him on the spot with the Dame, Jay-Z situation. Yeah, yeah. So... I I like, we, but you know, but throughout the throughout it, he was dropping some gems too. So it was weird. Like okay, so he so, was giving it up, and he was also sunning them at the same yeah, time. Yeah, at the same time. So it was like <clears throat> I didn't really know how to feel about it. And I like, and me personally, like I know his history, so it's just kind of like even though he was giving some real insightful info, it was just kind of like nah, dog. I know about you. Mm-hmm. You know mm -hmm. I mean? Um. Okay. My take. Uh, again, he controlled the entire interview. Right. He was on the offensive to ensure that the outcome of the interview would be in his favor. Um, he has 37 years of knowledge in hip-hop. He does. He's been uh, a culture vulture for that long. Okay? Um, and I also noticed, like you said, he was giving up some of the information... The interesting thing about the Dame Dash situation, he was like, who is Dame Dash? As if he no longer exists to me.
but he was actually furthering and proving Dame Dash's point. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But he did say something very critical. He said, if they were boys like that, if they were best friends or whatever the case may be, <clears throat> then there was no way I could be able to tear them apart because he gave a scenario. He said, if I told you you did a bad interview and you say you're no longer my friend, you were no longer my, you, was my, you wasn't my friend right. from the beginning. And what he was saying is, Jay-Z and Dane Dash were not friends because if they were, then there was no way they would let a Jew like me come in between them, right? So in, in that essence, that was the first time he bluntly just said that. Doesn't mean he wasn't working on the weaker link, all right, mm -hmm. of the two. And Jay-Z is a Brooklyn guy. Let's just keep it gully. Uh, Dame and Biggs, the more Harlem dudes. Brooklyn and Harlem is like oh, yeah, oil man. and water. For real. And I grew up in the 80s. I'm coming from the Bronx. Harlem is a, a, a world within itself. And Brooklyn, which kept us yeah. all kind of at bay, is a world within itself. So the fact that they got together and the opportunities presented themselves for somebody <coughs> to come in and do what the Jews guys do, divide and conquer and this and that and pit this one against that one. It was probably textbook, The Elders of Zion. There's a book, The Elders of the Protocols of Zion, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I read it so long ago. It's probably in your library. The Protocols of the Elders of Zion and these techniques that they use to uh, divide and conquer, pit this one against that one, stamp you with the anti-Semitic terms, mm -hmm. you know, all of this stuff. Then it led me to another aspect of the Jay-Z and Dame Dash relationship. Okay. And that was the house nigga and the field nigga aspect, right? Mm -hmm. Now, for all the Jay-Z fans out there, I'm not suggesting that he is a house nigga. But if I had to choose between the two... In this scenario. In this scenario, Dame Dash is clearly... The field nigga, right? <laughs> this is clearly the field nigga. They let in the yeah. house, and he tried to take the fucking house over. Yeah. Jay-Z, on the other hand, played more of a docile role. Spook who sat by... I mean, the, it, it, it's sort of like the spook who sat by the door. Away from, okay, so that had nothing to do with this action. Right, so you so just threw some shit in there yeah, to try fault, to confuse fault, me. All right? Go so now I got to create <laughs> three <fault>. scenarios. <laughs> Not only is he the house nigga, he's the spook who sat Yeah, yeah, yeah keep right. going, keep going. Fault, For the sake fault. of this, yeah, right? Yeah. So in that dynamic, and this is important for people out there who are trying to get in the industry or who will never sell their soul and feel that that's important to them. Dame Dash, to me, represented integrity. He represented honor and respect for who he is at all cost. At all cost. Right. As a result, it cost him his spot in the industry. It cost him to have to run up on uh, uh, Lee Daniels and him to yeah. get his fucking money. It cost him to be uh, sort of outcasted. Now, I want you to associate... The outcast, the one out of the industry, the one who didn't sell his soul, the one who smacked Harvey Weinstein for violating as the one who is broke, filled with knowledge, right? Right. Broke. Jay-Z, on the other hand, about to be a billionaire, played more chess than checkers, 
laughed in their faces, dealt business, you know, show you how to move in a room full of vultures. And without Dame Dash saying it, he's basically, this nigga is a fucking house nigga. Without Dame saying it, that's how he feels about Jay-Z. As a result, he's about to be a billionaire. There are so many lessons in just that spectrum that I want you to keep in mind because we're going to revisit it later in our conversation. Jay-Z was pissed that P. Diddy was on the Forbes list by himself. Let's just keep yeah. it real, you know. And every time he was on the Forbes list early on, it was with Dame and Biggs. As a part of a conglomerate, Jay-Z knew he had the sauce. He was the main ingredient. Yeah. If you couple that with we wasn't boys from the beginning. Because he, prime example, he's still close with the main ones. And his main. Who? Jay-Z. Who? Uh, Tata. 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 Yeah, like, yeah. So think like, so if that was the case, if they really were boys, he would have actually. Absolutely. You know, and you got to throw Aaliyah in the mix. Mm. See, now we're getting into some of the layers of mm. it. Okay. They both dated Aaliyah. Yeah. Uh, Dame Dash would punk people. Because he, he was nice with his hands. Mm. He would punk Jay-Z and these, uh, mm. some of these dudes. And that's not the business so-called sellout etiquette. Right? We're going to revisit this narrative because it's going to be important when we understand how white supremacy works. And if you're willing to play and if you're willing to not play. Right. There is no wrong answer. If you dealing with integrity and all of this stuff, the way their system is structured and set up is going to come at a cost. If you are content with that, you're great. If you want to play, you know what I'm saying, where sky may be the limit, right. it's going to come with a different set of rules. It's going to include a lot of people who are culture vultures, who are just on, on the bottom line, as Leo Cohen told you. He said, I'm going to take talent over a junkie any day. If he has talent, I'm a businessman. Yeah. And he clearly said, I'm an opportunist. Yeah, he, he flat out said that. He flat out said, yeah, was, I'm an opportunist. I was like, Whoa. I'm a businessman. He can say that because he's sitting in a radio station run by who? Jews. Oh, right? Let's keep it a buck. All right? So he's in a radio station run by Jews. They all brotherhoods and partner. He can say whatever he wants to say on a, on an interview that's going to be played on his. Now we get into the YouTube stuff. Yeah, the, yeah. He put Leon Cohen. For those of you who do not know, is the CEO of YouTube now, and the effects of it have been felt immediately. I've had brothers like Doggy Diamonds and Choke No Joke say. The, the way they pay out now is just different. Mm. Like something took place. Lior, who I used to call Lior, right? Cohen, I coined that phrase. I said he is a liar, the way his name is spelled. And Cohen, co means part, like co producer, yeah. co writer. And a hen is a female chicken. So I said this nigga's a liar who's part female chicken. That, that last part had nothing to do. With nothing. Um, hey, hey, hey. I'm he just, just <laughs> throwing it in there. That right? reach was ugly. This nigga's a liar. You ain't gonna throw out your shoulder who's, with that reach, dude. Who's part female chicken. That last one. Okay. okay. So, so now he is monetizing YouTube differently. All right? We may not have a home here 
much longer. All depending on what, because at the current moment, Willie D from the Ghetto Boys. Wait, he just lost his channel. He just lost his channel. Yeah. Right? And what was it for? Like some patriotism stuff? Yeah. All against the flag? Yeah. I got to get all the details, but now with Leo here, he is in position and he's going to start dictating the algorithm of the culture. So we have to keep all of this in mind. So he did drop some jewels about where the future of music could be heading. You know what I mean? And this and that. And then he got real funny. And when he was talking about uh, who's the artist that just shouted him out from 300? Uh, that was Rich the, Kid. Rich the Kid. Yes. And he said some slick shit like, yo, but we don't play that shit. And he sounded like Will Farrell when he <laughs> said, Gator don't play that shit. You know what I mean? And he meant that shit because Leon Cohen is Mossad. He's Jewish intelligent and he's a fucking gangster, right? Meaning he moved with other Jews who do things that are not beneficial for our culture. Now, he also made a lot of black people rich at the same time, so they are co-conspirators. Mm. He didn't just show up on his own. Now, he took Def Jam over, ran Rick Rubin out of there because Rick Rubin, even though he too was a Jew, appeared to be more about the culture and the artistic expression of the art form. Right? He also mentioned Professor Griff. He did, yeah. He mentioned Professor Griff on some shit like, yeah, Professor Griff was talking about some Caucasoid Mountain shit. Yeah, Griff was dropping that shit about where these Jews come from. And what he did was, what did he do? He did the divide and conquer. Yeah. He split the two. He took Chuck D. Why not take Griff and Chuck D to the Holocaust Museum so that maybe Griff could go, oh, I did not know. Yeah. That's not what he yeah. did. He took Chuck D, right, to the Holocaust yeah. Museum and almost forced Chuck D to relive a ritual that was played out when Elijah Muhammad had to exile Malcolm. Mm. When he said some shit about John F. Kennedy, you know, the chickens coming yeah, home to, to roost. Yeah. Public Enemy represented the new nation of Islam in the sense that it was hip hop, Chuck's voice reverberated still my dude chuck i appreciate you the whole nine yards and if chuck was the main dude griff would be malcolm x mm. the aesthetics of what you saw in public enemy was from griff was from griff all the s1w's yeah. and this and that and he was uh training he was, was he was training and he was giving out uh, books for he was giving um people people books, books to yeah. read uh the s1w's could fuck you up Right. Quick, some incidents, yeah. dudes jump on stage and ka ka Side note, um, when Griff is talking about that, uh, he's not playing. I saw Griff take a sword off the wall in Chicago. And I'm saying Griff is like, he might just be talking that karate mm. shit. I seen him take a sword off the wall. And after he got finished ad-libbing and doing, I said, don't fuck with him. Because mm. no, he knows that shit. So back to the story. So they did the divide and conquer. Yeah. And Chuck D had to denounce Griff. Right? right? Had to denounce him. We seen it play out again when Farrakhan had to denounce Khalid Muhammad. You see what I'm right. saying? For talking about these same Jews. Yeah. So we understand that there's a power in structure in place. And I'm going to do something called, which was supposed to be my original book, the hip-hop relation between blacks and Jews. Now, Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam put out a dynamic book years ago. It's in your library. You keep... Called uh, 
the, the Jewish relationship, or you know what I'm saying, or, or the, the, the relationship between uh, blacks and Jews. And it's talking about the Jewish participation in the slave trade. Mm, okay. Because their names never show up, <laughs> but they got paid too, right? So with that being said, we, we saw a ritual play out, which got Griff denounced. Thankfully, the group is back together. These dudes, happy birthday to Professor Griff and Chuck D, born on the same day in the same year. Oh, wow. Shout out to them. August 1st. So yesterday was both. What are the chances? Yeah. What are the chances Chuck Moms and Griff Mom decided to let that energy out and it changed the world? Right? Crazy, crazy, crazy. So that's the gist of the Leo Cohen. I was a little long-winded on that. Yeah, that was. I mean, it was an interesting interview to say. But the just least. it was an interesting interview to say the least. So I just wanted to give my perspective on it. So you are a historic Cowboys fan. Yeah. Or you used to be. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. All my life. Yeah. I got introduced to football in 1977 and Cowboys was a team. Right. So okay. a lot of times you have no. an affinity for those teams you kind of grow close to. You, my friend said this. Like, you kind of, you can, you can tell when a person started watching a sport based on their favorite team. Yeah. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Which Facts. is like, you can always like, if you see, if you see like a grown man now, Who's like say he's from New York and he's a Golden State fan? You're just like, wait, what? Yeah, dude, that don't even sound yeah, like. Yeah, it's like, huh? Absolutely. You know what I'm Absolutely. So like, yeah. Very so, good point. Very good point. You're a Cowboys fan, right? So Dak Prescott, they basically they asked him about the uh, NFL protest, the kneeling for the mm-hmm. national anthem, mm-hmm. and he basically said, um, you know, football field or the football games are not an appropriate venue for, to be kneeling, okay, and okay. things like that. And people got at him. Charlemagne gave him donkey of the day. Oh, okay. Everybody yeah. got at him. Got at. Yeah, everybody kind of it, it, it reinforced people's reasoning for boycotting the NFL, which is, is a as game. if right on time for yeah, the season to start. Yeah. Okay, and we think that's arbitrary, or do you think that happened? I think that's arbitrary. Okay, okay. Yeah, just, just asking. Yeah, yeah maybe he just triggered some feelings, and ah, now niggas is ah. So I, yeah, I just, I just think you know, but uh, what was interesting? Okay, right? Was I feel like. Anytime things like this happen, I always feel like uh, people's reaction to it is the most interesting part to me. Okay. Okay. Right? So, I wrote, do you mean if it's based on emotion? Emotion, yeah. Or if it's based on logic and 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 and, and common sense. Well, most of, most of the time when people react is usually off of emotion. All right. That's one of the reasons I never react immediately to anything. Right. That's just my method because I need to process it a little bit differently. Go ahead. All right, and then um, so I did some thinking. Oh right? shit! Ooh, ooh, clap, clap for that shit. <laughs> Little niggas out here thinking this shit. That's some revolutionary shit. Oh, niggas no, because okay, thinking. so uh, people are upset about the Cowboys because the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said my players will not be kneeling or they won't be protesting because you know um, the NFL they might have a policy where people they can stand in the locker room during the singing of the national anthem as their form of protest. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. He said my players would not be doing that or they would get cut. Do you say my niggas or my players? He said my players. He meant to say my niggas. He meant like, to he say meant my to... my niggas, these niggas yeah. right here, my boys. That's what he meant to say. Yeah. yeah. But um so people are looking at Dak as the house nigga, as you know, he's he's getting the rest of the, the boys in line, mm-hmm. things like that. And he and they even said what, what was that flat thing? Um total line. Total line. Yeah, that, that just sounds mad slave. Yeah, that total line. 
Tell them about the yeah. near line, yeah. boss. Tell them about the toe line, boss. <laughs> Tell them about. It. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it just says why to me. So, what did you think about it? Uh, did you write a piece on that? I did. I did. Okay. So, what did you write? So I wrote. Before uh, I give you my shit. Okay. So I wrote a piece on. Urban this X- could be my last show after this, but go ahead. I wrote a piece on Urban X at NYC, stating that uh, NFL players should stop kneeling during the national anthem. Ooh. They should stop. But that doesn't mean they should abandon the entire protest. Okay. Okay. Right? And my argument was that um, once, especially this year, right, this past season, Kaepernick wasn't even in the league, right? So the kneeling, it, they created the narrative around the kneeling, and it made it towards, instead of the original issue, which issue. was... Police brutality. They twist that shit into something else. They twisted it into attack on the national anthem, patriotism, flag, patriotism, yeah. and our soldiers and things like that. Right. So what I said was, if that is still the issue that we're protesting, um, police brutality and how they deal with African Americans, let's just do it another way during the. If if you know if the players still want to do that, just do it another way during the games. Okay. It doesn't have to be during the national anthem because. If you're getting threatened with fines and getting cut off your team, which is your livelihood, this is how you feed your family, yeah, so, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's it's not, and I also feel like it's not fair to us at home behind the computer talking watching, that shit, just talking, expecting players who work their entire lives for this. They this is how they feed their families. This is how they provide. This is how. So they need to adjust. That's it. We've always adjusted. Black people have always adjusted because. Uh, and people don't realize in the NBA there is a no kneeling policy, and it oh, it fascinates me because people look at the NBA as this super liberal. They let players. You can't even talk about the refs without getting fined. So right. that's so think about that. Keep that in perspective. Keep yeah. that in perspective. So it's not like this free. You could just protest. No. So what do they? What do the players like LeBron do? They wore shirts, right? You right. know, and warm up and then. He took the picture of Trayvon Mount with the hoodie and the, the, the Skittles right. in the locker room to use the, the, the mediums of social media to bring awareness. Right. He, na- he was navigating the waters instead of trying to fight the waves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, my, that's been my thing, right? And then if kneeling is going to be the symbol for that, for that um, protest, and we already said that's a real docile position. Yeah, being, I'm going to talk about that. You don't so. want to do that. But you remember um, Tim Tebow. Right. Every time he scored, he threw a touch and he kneeled, right? That, right. And it wasn't disrespectful or anything, but that was his thing. So if you, we can, it's up to us to, to control that narrative. Right. So we can score a touchdown and kneel because that's not doing the national anthem. That's a very good outlook for those who still, you know, that's the way I look at it. Do I have the floor? Good. Okay. I want to say this. And, um, you know, I want to be clear when I say this. Jerry Jones's disposition is no different than the other 29 owners mm-hmm. in the NFL. Let's be clear with that. If you think Jerry Jones, the only thing Jerry Jones did was be completely honest. All of these owners are racist. All of these owners are multi-billionaires. All of these owners, this is a fucking toy for them, as we mentioned. These are little green army men on the field. And when Jerry Jones comes over to meet uh, Mara from the... Uh, Dolphin. The Giants. The Jets. Or the Jets, whoever yeah, the owner so. is. Yeah, and they get together. It's like me bringing my toys to come play with you and your toys. Mm-hmm. So let's be clear with that. They trade them like cards. Trade them like cards. Yeah. It's really no big deal. It's just that 
Jerry Jones took an out uh, 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 oral approach that just spoke truth, clearly truth. So if you, because I notice a lot of our people, we like to be lied to. We like our white people to make us think we like it. They like us. Mm. And that goes to you on your job. You know, just because the boss come out and say, good job, Tyrone, doesn't mean he gives a hoot about who you are. Right? We have to establish this in our minds. All right? So with that being said, I'm trying to establish that. And then you got to throw in the fact that the Cowboys technically are America's team. Oh, okay, right. They've been labeled America's team yeah. for years. So Narratives. Uh, the, Narratives. Right, narrative. America's team, yeah. national anthem, goddamn. Texas. So, Texas. Uh. Texas, America's team, national anthem. You have a gumbo of a situation that reeks that my players cannot do this because this is not only a smack against my team, this is a smack against America and, and my base. And my base that and, makes my me base money. and my brand and my money. And my money, right. Okay? So, what I would like to liken this to, right? So, people. Um, you've even like you, people have said this right on the radio and things like that, saying, "Oh, they uh, the NFL owners are infringing on their rights for <laughs> free, a free speech." Once you uh, sign your, once you sign to be a part of a company, any company doesn't matter what it is, it really, you kind of relinquish those rights. You relinquish is, the rights that is, they say you have to relinquish. This is why people's bio on Twitter says the, the views are mine and not my employee because they if. That's why people, when they tweet something crazy, they, their job fires them. Absolutely, because they have incorporated that into the contract. And I gave you my scenario. If I own my little veggie snack, and I used the Hebrew Israelites last time, but I could use the Mormons. If they out in front of my store giving their Mormon speeches, and nobody's coming into my store to buy veggie wraps and all that old shit because they are First Amendment right, but they're messing up my money, I have a problem with that. And you would, too, if you ran your business. If all they told you was, fuck you, black dot, it's my first right amendment, you're going to feel salty about that mm -hmm. because the bottom line is, if your bottom line is suffering, it's suffering. I already told you how I feel about kneeling. I've been thinking about it. I can't think of anything positive and strong about a black man taking a knee in America. I can't. I tried to remix it in my yeah. mind, find another angle. I can't. It is a docile move. Except when players get hurt, because they've been doing that since right. Pop Warner. Right. Players get hurt, everybody take a knee. I get that. If your goal is to bring attention to a cause, you are delusional if you think white people do not know what's going on. It's like you're saying, you know, white guy going, hey, what's that guy over there kneeling for? Mm -hmm. Police brutality. Hey, Tony, when we get back to the office, you make sure we look into this. They already know because they're the ones doing it. So who <coughs> are we trying to garner attention from? Right. It goes back to my original narrative, victim consciousness. Anytime you take a knee and say, look at me, look at what we have to go through, you are asking for sympathy from the very people who put you in the position that you are in. Now, Colin Kaepernick started this shit. It's, you know, it should be dubbed as 
his own like his protest. It was only him like like looking back on it, right? And looking where mm-hmm. we are now and how they flipped it. It was his protest to take. It wasn't anybody else's really. Absolutely. It's his. Now, him, let's dig into him a little bit. He got a white mother. Right. Who did not want him because he was what? Black. So she denounced him because he was black. So this nigga got his own agenda, right? That he is playing out in front of the world. Can we just keep it a buck here? Mm. So this is not somebody who grew up, you know what I'm saying, probably dealing with, he's dealing with oppression in his life. His very mother denounced him. And he's probably got millions stacked away. Can we agree on that? Yeah. So he probably didn't lose, right? It's easy to take a knee when you got $20 million you know, sitting in the can somewhere. I, I think his last contract was bread. Like, yeah, yeah, these quarterbacks get bread, yeah. right? If you, Tyrone, take a knee at your Burger King job, you fucked, right? Now we're asking that Prescott to walk away from his $50, $75 million job to make who happy? You? We have a tendency to live vicariously. Our revolutionary aspirations through other people. And you'll fuck around and see Dak at the supermarket after he do that <laughs> shit you talking about. Yeah. And you six me- weeks later, hey, Dak, yeah. what's, what's going on? Like, what, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah I took a like, I'm all for I'm all for the revolutionary ideals. I'm all for it when it's rooted in logic. Absolutely. Right? So they keep saying we have the people keep saying we have the numbers, we can walk away. To do we can we can start our own NFL. Okay, and- are we gonna start our own league instantaneously is what I'm asking. Like if every player quit today, can tomorrow we have a league? If can- we could do that, these white folks would be out of business and they would treat us better. They know there's nowhere to go. You know how long it's gonna take to build stadiums. Who are, who are these billionaires who are going to build these stadiums? We need 32 billionaires 32 in the black community. We need right? 32 stadiums. We need hotels. We need first-class chartered flights. We need a training. Do you know what it takes to put this shit on? And 80% of it is employed by black people. Let's keep that in mind, too. So when you want black people to leave something so that we can crumble it to its knees, but there is nothing in place to fill that void. You are dreaming. You are delusional. And I noticed this about black people, them talking about my people. We, we, we create these delusional scenarios because they make, they give us hope. We're so traumatized that we want to say shit like, this start our own league. How? How, Sway? How and when? So let's get that off the board. All right. There are no black owners anywhere. There are no black upper management. And it's not just in the NFL. Look at your job. If you work in corporate America, this and that. In upper management, you may find one black person. You think that's by accident? The detached part of the pyramid that I speak about, that upper management in everything that we do is Caucasian people. You think black people are not qualified to fill these jobs? We are. This, let let me make this clear before we move on. I have to make this point. If white supremacy was a building, like a place we could go to and fuck it up, and we got together and said, look, man, a lot of us going to die, right? They got machine guns. They got weapons. But if we knock down that building, our children 
will have freedom and live forever and they can take over and there will be equality in the world, I'd be the first one willing to line up and that's on everything I love. As much as all the other black men who feel this way, it'd be more women in that goddamn line than some of these dudes, but that's just an, another a mm -hmm. conversation for another day. But white supremacy is a system. It's, it's, it's so ingrained and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like, it's it's, a, it's so, everywhere. It's so ingrained. And the last point I'm going to make before I hand yeah. it back to you and we can move on. Okay. If you are on social media, if you have an iPhone, if you pay a cable bill, if you drive a car, if you have a mortgage or rent, if you are on YouTube, you are supporting white supremacy. I don't need to say it again. Let that shit roll around in your noodle. And that is all of us, right? All of us participate in white supremacy, but again, black people create this illusion or selective racism or, you know what I mean, to think we are empowered. And this shit about black power, show me where the place of black power is. I want to be, I want to sign up. Show me the building called black power. If you can show me a building called white supremacy, show me what the archetype is for black power in this day and time that is totally independent on everything white and I'm the first nigga in line to join up. That is not the world we live in currently. Right. Doesn't mean there won't be a time with hard work and us doing what we have to do, but Planning. me and you won't be around when yeah, that happens. Right. Right? Are right. we clear on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm not going in to the people in the chat room. I'm asking us to use logic because I'm going to get back to this narrative because yeah. there's a few more stories that's going to reinforce this concept. So when we say in black power is something that makes us feel good. I own an iPhone. We're sitting here on YouTube. We're clicking on Facebook. We are participating. Only nature boy. Is not. Do he got a YouTube channel? But he does have a YouTube channel. So. <laughs> and, you know, so. Even he is, you know. Yeah. So, with that being said, let's keep it moving. You are tuned into the sounds of Urban That X. can be you if you join in at the $50 tier. I think it's the $50 tier. Yeah. You, you could be a part your, of this show. Your voice could be a part of the show. So, uh, this is uh, another week. Another show talking about Charlemagne. Oh, yeah, Charlemagne. Right, so uh, last week... Uh, is we... he bleaching his skin? Is that just a myth? I, I don't know. He's... I saw some early pictures of him. This, no, uh, this he, is his he, own he, business. He had, like, discoloration, and he said he worked with a dermatologist to clear okay, his skin. Okay, okay, so, so I, I'm willing to buy that. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm willing to buy that, you know. Because um, now he's more visible yeah. in the public's eye. Okay, all right. So, um... <clears throat> Last week we talked about uh, his rape case, right? Yeah. And was it was it after, was it last show when um, was it after last show when the DNA came out? Yeah, that was after last that show. That was after last show. It's almost like the next day. Yeah. The DNA he released the DNA. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know the, the DNA from the um, alleged rape case. From the alleged rape case. Yeah. Rape case or whatever, right? So, <clears throat> however, uh, choke no joke has been interviewing the woman. Herself. Herself. Jessica. I, Jessica Reed. Jessica Reed. Jessica Reed. Reed. Say her name. Jessica and Reed. And her, like, her story is like, it sounds like really, really convincing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
her having to retell the story over and over again, you can tell like it's really ingrained in here. Like it really had an effect on her over the years, mm-hmm. right? So, however, like the DNA test came up negative, right? Uh huh. But so, but if you do some reading and you do like if you really go through the the the, the forms, some of the most important and telling tests were not performed, right? Oh, okay. So blood okay. wasn't blood on her wasn't found in saliva, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that was performed. Okay, okay. And they're saying they don't found Stephen, but he could have wore a condom. Right, right, right. And, and that I was think, that was what I was saying. You know, condom right. could have took care of that. Right, and I think um they test they didn't test under her fingernails or something like that. So that's also telling too if she was fighting. I don't right. know. Right, but she was she was drunk. Right, and she was inebriated to the point where she wasn't fighting. Right, but she says within that. But go ahead, you know. Right. So, but this is where it, it gets weird because once, anytime a black man, somebody gets accused of rape or something, right? We hope for DNA test or something to exonerate that person, right? Mm-hmm. In this case, the DNA exonerates him. Okay. But who released the DNA? I'm not sure. Did he release the DNA? I'm not sure. Uh, the reason I asked that because, you know... Uh, if, if the main tests weren't performed and I'm not taking any sides in the scenario and he released it, was he again trying to get ahead of the narrative? Because he's the one who... He's been telling us... He his hit us with the inception right. shit, right? So that when we go back six, seven years to relive the story, his story is the first story we get and it makes us question her story. Right. right? It's like if me and you get into some shit but I run across town... And I tell the story first, right, yeah. you know, then when you get there, yeah. they go, ah, nah, nigga, we already heard what happened. <laughs> yeah. You bitch ass nigga. Yeah. You, you, know, you know what I mean? So not to suggest that's what happened, but, you know. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, okay, so like like I was saying, right? So we want the, the DNA test to exonerate the person. But, okay, it did so for him, right? Quote, unquote. But she still was telling her story with as much conviction as somebody who knows deep in their heart. That this is what really happened. So where does it? So where do we go as people? That's where a very we, good question because, like, like, I listened to her story, and um, it was kind of convincing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, of course, they can have the, the professionals can tell you the body language. I didn't get the sense that like what would she have to gain by being that detailed into the story, and he knows her, right? You know what I'm saying? She said, you never, never called me again. And that, in essence, you know, why wouldn't you call me if there was nothing that's going on? Hey, 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 Jessica, you are out of heard something happened, this and that. Um, so that kind of, you know, threw me off the, the pain that she was feeling that I could feel. Again, doesn't mean he did it. Could be somebody else was involved because his cousin, did you read his cousin's tweets? Yeah. Now, his cousin could just be a hater, but his cousin was like, I don't want to get into that. What happened that night? There was some Bill Cosby shit going on, and he left it at that. That could just be a, a cousin that hate because you made it right. to start him. I didn't. There's so many different narratives going on. So now, to me, all of the evidence or enough evidence is there for us to at least uh, uh, make a decision in our minds, but I don't know. What narrative takes place from now? You know what I mean? Like, you know so what I'm, I'm kind of so, confused. Right, it's, it's, it's really touchy because on one end, you, we, like, we kind of, we always like wait for these situations to happen. Like, yo, DNA test 
came out, he ain't do it. Right, but, but you also got to remember, social media don't want that story. Social media, if somebody say something about, about Black Dot, they'll run with that. And then when it come out, he didn't do it. You get one little, mm -hmm. oh yeah, he didn't do that. But, but, but what I'm seeing was a lot of people going, oh, we were wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's, 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 it's a real fine line. We're going to have to pay attention because yeah. I don't think this is over. I'm not sure it's over either, man. There's something about this story that rings that there's just something there. And like I said, it may not be him. He may be on the no snitching code. It might have been one of his boys that in order to truly exonerate himself, this is just another scenario, he would have to give up his main dude. Mm. You know what I mean? And his main dude would have to relive that nightmare over. You, you, you understand? So there are, you know, a lot of things are not as cut and dry as yeah. it may seem. So it's very important that we, we listen and, 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 and feel the information and, and, and try to take it from there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Because if me and you did some dirty shit, I, I'm going to have to eat that. You know, that's just, you know, what it is. You're my son. You know. Like, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, did you watch the, tra uh, the Trayvon Martin story? I did. And this is a six-part series I did not know. It's six parts. What? But they got to the... No, they laid the foundation in mm. part one. I didn't hear nothing I did not know in, in the first part. Yeah. Except I didn't know... George Zimmerman was making that many goddamn phone calls yeah, to um, the point they knew him by first name. Hey, George. Yeah. yeah, there's some suspicious people. Yeah. And I did not know about the economic boom that took place, that, that which allowed, allowed them, them to, to get mm -hmm. into this gated community in the first place. Yeah. And that happens all over the place. You know, remember the market crash about eight years ago, nine years ago, you know, and then, you know, real realtors, instead of losing their home, yeah. started letting people with Section 8 in and... And, and, and this and that, and you know, and, and I'm pretty sure the property value, no disrespect, probably went down from accustomed to what they were used to. You know what I mean? And that's all across the board. It ain't just black people. You take trailer parks, trailer park white people, and you put them in some plus shit, and they out in the middle of the fucking yard, uh, 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 skinning, skinning the fucking yeah, pig yeah. and shit, and playing that goddamn Confederate music and shit, and you know the the, the Property value goes down. So he became the tenant patrol basically to look out for black people. Yeah, he, they said he volunteered. Like He volunteered. Yeah. He was ready for this shit. And he was just monitoring, checking out black people. So that's all I learned in part one. But when I found out it was a six-part series, I said, mm. So now we'll be getting into layers. It's, you know what I mean? And I think that that's point. And I want to clap Jay-Z up for... Getting in front of it. Okay, come out. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Slow the clap down. Listen, I, I just want to let you know, I'm getting money from Tidal on the low. I didn't want to say nothing. <laughs> Slow the clap down. You fucking the claps up. Stop the clap. Jay, keep them No, I mean, a lot of people, you know what's crazy? I saw a lot of people on Twitter take the opposite, which is so, I don't know, like, we can never be happy about something because they say, yeah, he's profiting on... We're we going to get to the Black narrative. Black because he's, remember, he's doing a lot of these docs. He did the... Um, yeah. The Khalif Browder, I Khalif think he's Browder. about to do with Mike Brown. Yeah, yeah. Soon, soon. So it just kind of, they're saying he's uh, profiting off of uh, black boys' deaths. You damn if you do and you damn if you don't with black folk. But that narrative is going to come back up in a few. Yeah. And what I mean by this, if he didn't tell a story, would you be happy if one of those Jews told a story? True. True. You know True. what I mean? Or can our brother put something in history, right? And I'm not a big Jay-Z fan like that. If you've been following my history, I think I went in on Jay-Z more than anybody. 
But I went in un, you know, unbiased. If I like something, I did. If I don't, I don't. Right? Mm-hmm. But I do have to say, this, these are great stories for future generations to know. Oh, it's depressing, man. It's depressing, but remember... It was a hard watch. It's a hard watch because we have to relive certain things. Yeah. But I do think if anybody's going to tell our stories, we keep stressing we want to be on the forefront of telling our own stories. Yeah, yeah. Whether you like Jay-Z or not, this is what we're talking about. You can't have it both goddamn ways. We want black people to tell our story. Would you have a selected few black people? That, that's what it is. Is it? Oh, I want this black yeah, that's person. What it, that's what oh, it you is. want Spike Lee to tell the stories? Yeah. Okay, so Spike, <laughs> that's what you it just is. want Spike to tell the stories. Yeah. Okay, so we can't have it both ways, and it does not mean that it's perfect. Jay Z is far from goddamn perfect, right? Side note: He apologized to Harry Belafonte. What was what was the line he said? He um well. Uh, Harry Belafonte went in on Jay-Z and Beyonce that they need to do more. Right. And Jay-Z said uh, some slick shit like his presence is charity. So when uh, he show up, in essence, if I was hungry mm. and that nigga show up, I'm no longer hungry. I've had a four for four from Wendy's. Right? And then on his song, he called him a boy. Mm. I heard it. People act like they ain't hear it. At the end of the line, he said, boy... You never call somebody from that era, in particular, civil rights era, a boy. Because what you did was just you pulled some racist shit on on Harry Belafonte. On your own people. people And you didn't show Harry the respect he deserves. We have elders who will say shit about us. And old school elders can curse you out, say whatever they want (laughs) you want to say to you. And you know what you did? You kept it moving. Because that's the elder. Mm. Nowadays, this generation, there's no filter, no respect. They'll go right back at you like you ain't shit. So, I'm a, can I can I applaud the man? Now? Go ahead, go ahead. God damn. And uh, Jay, I like the checks <laughs> on the first and the fifteenth from title. <laughs> Little do Malcolm know I got a whole new show on title <laughs> called "Fuck Malcolm Show." This is now that brought to you by title. Okay, so yeah, that um, like, I, rem- I remember when. Um, so I'm curious to know where they're gonna go yeah. on the next five parts. Right, right, right. It's like they really gonna get in depth, like, watching- so you can see, and it's gonna represent a snapshot of America, the racist system that it is. Because the know? whole time I was watching it, I just kept thinking, like, damn, he gets off. Like that's yeah. like, that's all I kept thinking. Like, yeah. he gets off, and then um, I because I remember the day he actually got off. Me and my f- I, ha- I had your car. Me and my friends were going to a party. I was. Is picking. that the day you crashed my car? That's not the day I crashed it. Oh, okay. Oh. No, that's not. Yeah. Somebody crashed into me though. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but we were going up. To, we was in Uptown Bronx. So we were picking up my friends. Whatever. You know, we we're going to a party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Playing music in the car, having fun. Then we all got the alerts like, "Yo, he got off," right? Mm-hmm. And the way it just changed the mood. In the car. In the car. Absolutely. Right? Like, we turned the music down. Like, we just started driving, like, real calm. Like... Yeah, because it, it, it was something to process. Snapchat, that's how it was when OJ got off for white people. Right. When OJ got off for white mm. people, I was driving the bus for the city. These white people were getting on this bus, and I'm going to tell you, they were heated. Usually, you know, hey, good morning. They was slamming their cards down. These white people... And mm. we, the bus was rocking with <laughs> black people. Ain't no stopping us now. We're in the mood. We was having a good time. 
So, you know, just understanding the dynamics when we deal with perspective yeah. on when we want justice. But the OJ situation represented so much more because we hadn't been getting no goddamn justice. Mm. Side note, OJ, he, he, he killing people. He did yeah, that. Yeah, he did that shit. Anyway, so oh. we'll look for the next couple of parts. Okay, so. You are tuned into the sounds of Urban X. We have some Urban Excellence stories this week. We have some Urban Excellence stories. Yes, sir. This week. So, uh, before we get started, we want to uh, remind everybody, if you have an Urban Excellence story that you would like to share with us, email us, you know, we'll, you know, shout you out on the show. We'll shout you out on the show. And remember, this Urban Excellence thing is something that is going to be here. We're going to turn this into a brand. We want you to be involved with it because it's not us, it's all of us. It's those small victories that make up the collective. Right. You know what I mean? So we can't knock the whole mountain down, but we can keep chopping away. And too many people have taken on the narrative of only focusing on the negative things that happen to us. And every now and then, can we just can we take a, a piece Let's of the positiveness? Celebrate our wins. Celebrate our wins, man. Jeez. So with that being said. So with that being said, the first story is... Uh, this guy, his name, they call him DJ the Money Coach. DJ the Money Coach, who we will have on the screen. Right. We're going to bring him yeah. on because he's a money coach. And we need to learn about money. And yeah. we, shit, think we don't when right. we do? I just hired an associate producer. Oh, is she free? She works for free, right? She just oh, yeah, she don't, we, don't, we don't pay her, though. We don't oh, we don't pay associate producers. That yeah, just, that's just, that's like an intern. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, so. His name is Rodney. So, his, so the um, Urban Exit story of the week is from his, for his son, Rodney, right? Rodney Darrensburg. Darrensburg. Rodney Darrensburg. He's 14 years old, right? 14. He, he graduated from the University of Houston Career Training STEM program. Whoa. Right? Uh, with honors. All right, let me know when I can clap. No, I, oh, wait, wait. We got a lot of finish. Um, and he graduated with a 6.5 GPA out of 5. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, 4.65 4. GPA. 4.65 GPA out of 5. Oh, okay, I was about yeah, to say, he, he broke the damn number yeah, code. 4.65 out of 5. If he got a 6.5 and they my only fault, right? Shout out five. to you. Shout out to I'm you. Hey, but Rodney, let me clap that up for you, man. Listen. He's only 14 years old. 14 years old. Let me tell you why this is important. And come on. Oh, I skipped the I skipped the part. My fault. And he um he received a thousand dollar stipend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to he went he was a uh, number one student for engineering and electric technology. Mm-hmm. Need more black people in tech. Baby. Oh, we're gonna talk about that. Absolutely. Oh man. And a scholarship offered to the University of Houston upon high school graduation. He's only 14. Clap that up. My God, his scholarship is in place. Oh, and he's oh wait, come out. And he's graduating at sixteen. He's gonna graduate at sixteen. At sixteen, I was on the corner smoking weed. So here we go. Let's clap that up. Clap that up again. Listen, shout out to you, Rodney. Listen, Rodney. Let me tell the people out there why this is so important. Because it illustrates and it reinforces that we're not just basketball players. Mm-hmm. We're not just rappers. Either you're slinging crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. Those times are gone. This STEM, which stands for science, technology. What does the E stand for? Electronics or? Engineering Engineering and mathematics. Um, This is the new template 
for how we are going to get ourselves out of the condition we in, right? If white people, this white power that everybody mm -hmm. talks about or white supremacy, and they packed up their building and they shipped and they took off and left us here, and all we got is basketball players and rappers, <laughs> we fucked, right? Yeah. So we need those who understand science world, yeah. the technology world, the engineering world, the mathematic world. You know what I mean? So I am so proud of Rodney Dan's yeah. uh, Berg, Darren's Berg. I shout out to Pops for and his Pops. Urban Excellence. Yeah, y'all see sure. the Urban Excellence T-shirt yeah, on Pops. One, I think that's one of the last ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout the DJ to coach. We're gonna have him up here. Yeah, you know gonna, what I mean? We're gonna put that on our Instagram. So, so we appreciate this, and I'm seeing more and more young people get into STEM. I'm seeing a lot more, and it's integrated into a lot of our black kids are blurreds now mm -hmm. because they don't go outside and play the way we did. I played Skelsey, hit a killer, big killer. We ran around all day. They are home and not all of them are smoking weed and bullshitting around. A lot of them, because I listen to you and, and Eli's conversation and y'all talking about comic books and this world yeah. and this one from that reality. And I don't know what the hell y'all yeah. talking about, but it seems like a very intense yeah. conversation. So I'm happy. I'm thankful. And speaking of mathematics, I got to give you one more story. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. God. You know, hashtag urban excellence, because this, this is along those lines. Okay. <laughs> when I used to help Eli with his homework, all right, he thought I was the smartest man <laughs> in the world, right? Especially when it came to mathematics, right? Because I used to teach him these little tricks on how to, you know what I'm saying, move numbers around. If it's 30 times 50, you pull the zeros to the side, add that, bring the zeros back in. And, you know, Eli, you know, was in his head movies and he had all of this stuff. Wow, my dad is the greatest. Then they started putting letters and shit in the math. And he was coming home and I was like, yo, bro, I can't help you no more. He started looking at me differently like, dad, like... You're not as bright as I thought you was. And then the gig was up and we had to turn it over to his mother who had a greater understanding mm. of math. And that was depressing because I wanted my son to always think I knew everything and was a superhero. So just wanted to say yeah. that. He figured me out right after the seventh grade. Eighth grade, they started <laughs> 2XY. And I was uh. like, dude. This is it, man. Your guess is good as mine. Nah, but this kid, Rodney, like... So to understand... Yo, if his understanding of tech is like that at this age, world is his, B. Right, right. And, and he sets the template for his child. But, right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So we begin to cut the generations right. down. So his child, because he's going to find toys and interesting things. Because right. think about what technology would be when he's only 14. Right. When he turns old enough to yeah. have his own children and his understanding to say to his son, dude, let's take this apart. Let's right. figure it out. And now you begin the process. And this is how we break the code within the matrix itself. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's clapped out. Let's clap it up another one. Yeah, man. Another story. Another urban excellence story we got. Hashtag urban excellence. Hashtag urban excellence. Don't forget to hashtag urban excellence in the chat, B. Facts. Facts. So hashtag, this is uh, from Glory. She sent us pictures of her garden. Whoa. Uh, in her backyard, she grows her own food. Where's she from? Did she say? I think it was Maryland. She's out in Maryland growing her food, and she put the hashtag urban excellence. Yeah, well, I didn't edit this. She did this. Yeah, in the picture. Glorious. Yeah. Garden, so she's making her own food. Let's clap that up. And then, so that that is another uh, element in what makes like our agriculture. 
Agriculture is super duper important. That's just so as important. So technology is one thing. Growing our own food without GMO. I'm pretty sure there's no GMO in that stuff right. she's growing in both her backyard. Both ends of the spectrum. Both ends of the spectrum. All right? So we have somebody growing their own food, dealing with agriculture. And growing things is spiritual. Because you got to tow that field and you have to create a relationship with earth. And you're asking the earth to bring you back something. Right. If you plant at the wrong time, you mm -hmm. understand when you got to plant. So it's a science to everything we do. So, Gloria, we also want to thank you. You know, what I'm saying the Glory Gardens for sending that They're for sending us this because urban excellence is from one extreme to the next. What do we need to do in the future? We need to grow our own food along with technology, because if the white people get on this on the white supremacy ship <laughs> and go to Mars and leave us here. Technology right. is one thing, but we got to eat. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is our people are beginning to make manifest what it's going to be like for us to live in a world without white supremacy because we don't need y'all. Facts. One more story. Oh, we got more stories. One more story. Keep them coming. Um, stories are so hot, my glasses are falling. This goes to Second Lieutenant uh, Kayla Freeman. Kayla Freeman. Kayla. Uh, she's a Tuskegee grad, and she became the Alabama National Guard's first black female pilot. Whoa! What's her name again? Uh, Second Lieutenant Kayla Freeman. Kayla Freeman, we see you out there. Yes. We see you out there. And 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 she's a uh, uh, she's pilot. Yes, she's the first Alabama's. National Guard first black pilot, black female pilot. Female pilot, we love you, we appreciate you because these are stories of us making strides. All right, we can't. Well, well why don't we? What we need to do is own our own planes. You niggas gotta stop this. All right, we first need to know how to operate these planes, and our sisters are rising above. There's something spiritual about that to be in a plane looking above the earth. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Sisters now rising to the highest apex. You know what I'm saying? Let me stop preaching. Because Jesus uh, knew yeah. this no, day no, no, no. This, no. was going to come when the black... Okay. All right. Stop. Okay. Yes, thank you. I won't get into it. But when y'all see me live, I'm going to be handing that bucket out. <laughs> Shit, I'm going to make me some cash. So this is also an urban excellence story. <sighs> But it's just a story in itself, right? Okay. Uh, LeBron opened up his I Promise school in Akron, Ohio. Boo. That, man, you crazy. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clap that. Crazy. But I was, I was taking on the temperament of, you know, the super conscious people out there because they had a lot to say about this. And I'm going to talk about it in a minute. Oh, I got something to say, too. Okay, okay. So, um, tell me all about the school. So, the school uh, it has uh, free tuition. Free tuition. Free uniforms. Free uniforms. Uh, free bicycle and helmet for all the students. Free bike and helmet for all the students. Uh, free transportation within two miles. Free transportation within two miles. Uh, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks. Breakfast, lunch, and a snack. Free food, a food pantry for families. A food pantry for families. Yes, of these students. Of GED the student. and job placement services for the parents of these students. A GED and job placement for parents of the students. Yes. And tuition, guaranteed tuition to the University of Akron for every student who graduates. All right. I'm going to act like this is a microphone. Drop the mic. All right. Let's clap that up. Like, my God. Ugh. 
Now, I'm going to give you the floor first, and then I'll, 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 you know, I'll fill you in on what the streets are saying. So, first of all, I was super, super proud of LeBron for doing this, right? Because to, so to open up a school in itself is a monumental thing, especially to, that, that is what um, giving back to your community is all about, right? Yes, yes. And yes. then these programs, uh, these uh, things ensure that, and uh, this is something else, these, the school days are longer. Right, school days are longer. And the school year is longer. And the school year was so longer. So that ensures more retention for the, for the information that's learned, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And that ensures that these kids won't just be outside doing nothing at 3 o'clock. Absolutely. Right? That'll lead them into trouble. Absolutely. And I feel like that is something that when we talk about changing a community, like the fabric of a community, it starts from the kids. Absolutely. And, and he chose third and fourth graders because the third graders... So... The, so, what people don't know in the Department of Education of the United States, when they want to know how many prison beds to prisons and prison beds to, to you know to have, they use third and fourth grade test scores right to, to get a gauge of how that's many. how far they're in the future. Right. Okay. Based on these scores, we know what kids is not, and right. how many prisons the bill to contain these kids when Tony or uh, Leroy pick up mm-hmm. a gun. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great points. So I thought that was critical that he started yeah. on those years. Right, so by the year of uh, 2020, I think he'll have a 1,000 students in that school. Yeah, ooh, ooh. So, ooh. big things. Oh, oh, oh. Big oh. things, and I don't, at this point, I don't understand any hate towards this man. Like, I don't get it. Even, like, basketball aside. Right, right, right. I don't get any of the hate. All right. So, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, this is Black Dot, and I approve this message. Uh, again, title. I like to get paid mm. on the first mm. and the fifteenth. Okay, so uh, I went to school. Oh, tell me, and it's a public school, not a charter school. Right, it's not a charter school; it's a public school. I went to school as a third and fourth grader to ensure, and I, I went to school to ensure that I had breakfast and lunch, because dinner in my household was not guaranteed. Okay, I want I want to make that clear. So I'm coming from a point of a kid who mother had me at 16 years old, who got ravished and caught in the drugs and all of this old kind of stuff. And so to ensure that I had some nourishment in my body, I had to be to school early to get a breakfast. And if another kid did not want his breakfast, I could eat that and lunch because dinner was not guaranteed. So the fact that he's providing uh, you know, just give you an idea. Right. A lot of these kids are not going to school to learn. I want to be clear on that. A lot of these inner city urban children are going because they're running from domestic violence in their house. They're running from being molested in their house. They're running from all of the violence and bad living conditions in their house. And school provides eight hours of solace. It provides eight hours of being with people to take my mind off of what's taking place in my home. Right? Or my neighborhood. Or my neighborhood. Right. So fuck C. John Run when my dad was on the run. Right. You know what I'm saying? So in my book, Urban Culture Decoded, I wrote a letter to teachers. And the letter stated or opened up asking, why are you here? This is what every teacher must ask every individual student, why are you here? Because each child is there 
for a different reason, right? And if you curtail and listen to them, they'll tell you. The kids who stay in class, even when class is over and they cling to the teacher, is because they do not want to go home, right? And if you sit and you, you know, so a teacher's job is not just as cut and dry as, let me put a lesson plan on the board. That's for the more affluent neighborhoods where you can put a lesson on the board and the children are there to receive it. Now, once the children feel comfortable, they may learn something. You know what I mean? So, but I also ask the students, when they look at the teacher, they are also asking, why are you here? If the teacher does not look like they do, if the teacher does not come from their neighborhood, if the teacher has no way of understanding culturally what I'm going through. All right. So I say all of that to say because some of the um, responses I was getting on social media was uh, I'll just share a few. Some of them said this is fuck LeBron James. This is a publicity stunt. Uh, He ain't really going to do shit for them kids. Uh, You know, and that was just pure hate. You know what I mean? Then there were those who were saying uh, well, Dr. Umar's school was the real school that we was going to build and this and that. So I, I, I'm going to lay out this, this, this scenario, you know what I'm saying, so that we can get a greater understanding. Then I heard that this is a part of Pizzagate. And if you know we talked about Pizzagate, I don't want our cameras to go mm-hmm. out because last week, as soon as we started talking Pizzagate, we had a blackout, um, which is LeBron James has built this school to harness and nurture little boys so that they could be butt-fucked by the elite. It went from one stream to the next. He ain't no revolutionary. Oh, this school is bullshit because they not, it ain't a black school. It's white kids and white teachers and the board members was white. All right, check this out. The first teacher of the child is the parents. I, w- I want to lay this out for you. When the f- parents are no longer the first teachers of the child, now you're asking somebody outside of your home to raise your children and instill the values that you want instilled in them. My two oldest sons went to Catholic schools. Those are private schools. They're not Catholics, right? And Malcolm can tell you about all the stories of the wars he had with teachers because I felt it was my responsibility as his parent, okay, to make sure he knew who the black man, the black woman is, and who the beast was. But I also knew that the world is not a bubble filled with black militant people. So they have to deal with Asian people. They have to deal with white people. They have to deal with Mexican people. The world is filled with all of this, right? So... Let's look at the Dr. Umar template. Let's go back to the Jay-Z. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so. No, go ahead, go ahead. You sure? You can get in at any given time. Bro. So what I wanted to say about the, because I wasn't even going to say his name, but the, the Umar school, for the people that try to diminish LeBron's uh, achievement was saying he could have worked with Umar, right? And what I wanted to say is, because I don't even, I, I get frustrated, but I don't even get like this. But I will say it, right? 
the problem with the Umar school is again us black people, the people that wanted to um, support that school because that I, the, the idea around it is a beautiful absolutely, idea. Absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to Doctor Umar. It's a it's no we ain't throwing no shade your yeah, way, but I'm gonna get up in that ass just a little bit. Right, it's, it's a beautiful idea, but I feel like. This is another example of us not using common sense when it comes to anything. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So he asked for a couple million dollars for the two for million the, dollars. Two million dollars, right? Look at where LeBron had to get in his career to be able to pull this off. Right. Diddy opened the school last year. Look where Diddy had to be in his career to pull that off. No matter if he threw all of his money in there or not. That's not the way business works with anything. 100% of your money is never invested in anything. You get partners that know what they're doing That if, if it's not your field. Absolutely. Right? Education Absolutely. is not LeBron's field. Education is not Diddy's field. Right. 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 They get with people that understand what they're doing that you know can put the school together. This is So that's one thing. Right. Two, he put a spotlight on himself that was uh, unwelcoming to the people that will be the ones investing in potential customers. Potential customers. Okay. Okay. Right. So he said no. He said all black teachers. Fine. You know, I've been. To, I had. I went to the Learning Tree in the Bronx. Yes, Learning that was Tree. All black. All, all black, black teachers. teachers. Yes. Right. Cool. Um, all black students. Uh, no weaves. The teachers came with weaves. That's kind of wild, right? Okay. Yeah. Cool, but cool. So then, going back to the two million dollar thing, right? So you want two million dollars to buy a building. You need money for salaries, for teacher salaries. You need money for books. You need money for staff. For staff. You need right? money for maintenance, electricity, upkeep, right, right? Right. And not to mention this curriculum that you that he was going for, which again is a beautiful idea. We Absolutely. talked about technology. We talked about agriculture, agriculture, growing yes. food, but. When it comes to state regulations, I worked in the Department of Education, so I know how this goes when it comes to schools and curriculums and approved curriculums by the city. Right. That curriculum won't get approved by the city. So what you're doing is you want to create a private school. Right. Now, you want to create a private school for young black boys, young black girls who are impoverished, right? But you're going to be asking them to pay a tuition. There we go. That yep. doesn't make sense. Right. That's not even logically possible. That doesn't make sense, right? So, and then we can go into the egotistical thing he's done that might have shot himself in the foot with things like that because maybe LeBron wanted to get in with that, but stuff he was saying and he tried to make the school about me instead of about... Because if the school was really about everybody, maybe he could get together with somebody to pull this thing off, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But for the people to... Try to diminish what LeBron did. Like this was like it brought a tear to my eye when I heard about it. I'm son, like, son, I'm emotional right now. So let me go through go ahead, and go finish ahead. what I gotta say. Go ahead. Do what you gotta do. Um. So now, right? I'm gonna bring you back to the Dame Dash mm. and the Jay Z scenario. Mm. I gave you both scenarios. On one end, Uma militant. That's Garveyite shit right there. That's Fully, we don't need no help from nobody. And that is great. But you know how long your money has to be to pull that off. Because let me tell you what's going to happen. This is the way white folks work. They don't want to send one of their kids there. Right? Just because. Mommy's going to say, I don't want to go shop, Tommy. You're going to the Negro school for whatever. Right? 
And when you tell them that they're not welcome here, they're going to start the lawsuit process. Boom. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, they do that just to tie your money up. Right? Keep fighting you and fighting you and fighting you and fighting. And then if you let Tommy into the school, now it goes against all of your goddamn principles. Or some white, some black uppity agent Negro, some bourgeois people send their kids there as spies to see what's going on and create some chaos from the inside. That's just warfare. Two million dollars is not going to get that shit done. Omar, I love you like a brother. I've met you a couple of times. We've actually done a lecture or two and this and that. That shit is impossible. That shit is a dream. You know what I mean? It's just feasibly impossible unless you have a stream of money coming from anonymous black people who want to see you win. But again, but think about the amount of money. Think about this is why this is why I'm saying it is now a carrot dangling in front. You're never going to fucking reach that goal. That's impossible. And, and then this is what this is. This is always the rebuttal. Well, if you donated, well, if everybody do, that's. Feasibly impossible, considering that once we get that one school of those three hundred kids, what's going to happen after that? Yo, what happened? All right, so uh, it was a club in Brooklyn, Lust, right? Yeah. Clubs are usually owned by Italians. Yeah, mobsters. Mob, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was a black owner, right? And he and he even went on the Breakfast Club and he talked about how the cops were coming in, giving him uh, um, bogus. Uh, Tickets, tickets yeah. for, for people coming out drinking. And he said, yeah, that, that was down the block. That wasn't just other clubs around it, but they got me for it. And that club is shut down. Listen, I can give you a personal story. Your Uncle Dave. Right, 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 Your right. Your right, Uncle right. Dave opened up a club on Tremont right. Avenue. It was a strip club, right. whatever the kid, gentleman's club, right. just the code word for that shit. And they shut him down. Them police officers came every week like clock. Worked to find one little, then the inspectors came, mm -hmm. and it gives you a chance to understand the way white supremacy works. Them Italians don't just own one club, they have a system in place, and the police officers are in their goddamn pockets, right? So when we try to go totally against the grain, now, am I saying it's not revolutionary what Dr. Umas is trying to do? I'm not saying what, that. What it should do? I'm saying the shit is impossible. What it should and do? And I'm using logic. What I think he should do personally, I think he should have an online course, an accredited. He getting he has the the, the his he has his certificates the, the, the and everything, certificates, right? He's a so doctor. creating yeah. an accredited online course so people can homeschool their kids. People want to homeschool their kids anyway, right? Right, but don't have the curriculum in place, and your curriculum could be. You can, we know what agriculture is, so if you have a backyard, this is what I want you to do. Right, that sounds like a great idea. So. I'm just looking at it from a realistic standpoint. Even Garvey had goddamn ships. All right? So when Garvey was talking that shit, it wasn't like, yo, we're going to get together and we're going to buy these ships and build them. Niggas like, no, I got the ships right there. Y'all niggas want to get on? Let's get the fuck up out of here. Right. That's real talk. You know what I mean? So it's not to be disrespectful. I'm going to go back to LeBron for a second. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, what we have to understand is LeBron grew up in this neighborhood. Right, which makes it even more dope. Right? He grew up here, and he always stresses that Akron saved his life. Right. Not the black people in Akron, all the people there. Why has he had, he was, his mother was 16 when she had him. She didn't have it all together. He moved around from house to house, 
and had to get meals and sleep on people's couches and sleep on people's floor. I know what that is. I've, I've been on my own since I was five years old. And I think y'all think I'm bullshitting when I tell you that. Meaning, my mother was so engrossed in doing her thing, I had to fend for myself. I grew up on government cheats. I grew up on no frills, ain't no names on the cereals, <laughs> powdered milk and shit and spam in a can. I grew up on that shit. And I grew up on welfare and, uh, you know, so we did have food when she got her food stamps, but they never gave you enough to last a month. And if you grew up on welfare, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. It was always three weeks worth of shit. And in that fourth week, I had to take a note over to the neighbor's house and say, can you please give us some eggs or, you know, can you give us $5 so that when my mother get her food stamps or her check, she can give it back. Then when she got her check, because we didn't have nothing for that last week, 25% of the check went to those persons who helped us out. So we're in a fucking hole to begin with. So I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like uh, to miss 80 days of school, as he spoke about, because I missed 80 days. It's just that I was a bright kid. And, I, and back then, it was all based on the citywide test. You see what I'm saying? And I was smart enough since the first grade. Me and this little kid, Angel, was so ahead in the first grade. We got to school. They didn't have nothing for us to do. You know what I mean? So I was bright, and I knew I just had to pass the test, and they had to pass me on. So I know what that is like. So when you remove those obstacles from poor kids whose mothers are on drugs, whose fathers are in prison, who are grown up in a crack-riddled neighborhood. Now they have a safe haven to go to. I got a bike to get right. there. Right. You even, I can bring food home for my right. mother. And for those who are saying where they're nurturing kids for the elite so they can do something nasty to the kids, they also got programs for the parents. Are they going to fuck the parents too? And these kids are not... In a, uh, they don't live on campus. So you mean you're gonna pull all this home, and that one of these kids is gonna go home at a public and, school? At a public school and tell their parents yeah. what's going on. All right, black people, we gotta stop this. Now, am I saying LeBron is perfect? Far from it. He's a part of that elite situation in Hollywood. But if you're gonna tell me that this wasn't personal to him, and he vowed from the time he was a kid that if I ever make it. Akram will be well taken care of. And now he is making true on his shit. I got to say, and I don't care if I've known you in my personal life, the conscious community, you a head leader. Fuck you. And I'm not on the, I'm not riding LeBron's shit. Yeah, I am riding his shit. Fuck you. When you can do something for your fucking son that lives in your household, talk to me. All right. So let's stop all this conspiracy theory. They just trying to shut down Umar. No, no, they're not. Umar's vision is so out of the fucking stratosphere. I'm just keeping it a buck that we will never reach it. So it makes me think maybe it wasn't the plan to begin with. And we don't do this on Urban X. I want to be clear. We don't. This is. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Our number one rule we is don't. never to go in we on don't. anybody because we don't want to create a back and forth. And now Umar got to get on his page and dress us. That's not what we do. And now you come in here next week and then that's all you waiting for. Say, yeah, we don't we don't care about it. You and I hear response from us. I don't care what you say about me personally or whatever. There will be no response because this is not about that. I'm just going on the narrative of 
Um, uh, you know, Dame Dash, and, and I put Umar in that category. He has integrity, all his whole kind of African principles, the spirit of African warriorship, but that leaves you with a narrow field to play from, right? This is the world we live in. So uh, James, uh, uh, LeBron James has put up $41 million. Remember, he put up 90 People forget about that a couple of years ago for the college oh, situation. Right. Yeah. So he, he's putting out money. Right. And he understands that this is a public school that he wants to put people involved. And I know people are going to say, well, I looked on the board and I didn't see any black people being on the board means you put money down. So uh, maybe he came to a bunch of black people and they didn't see the vision or. But this becomes the template now. In, if you're an athlete, a rapper, even if you don't have Le LeBron James money, if four of y'all know y'all was born in the same neighborhood or right. raised like uh, 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 my man Kevin Durant and Melo, they from Baltimore right. or D.C. area, four guys from that basketball players get together, do something. This is how we change the world, right? And when I mean the world, you have to change the world around you. All right, and, and that it, world around you could be one person, meaning changing right, yourself. Right, that's what we don't, don't have to. We don't have to swing for the fences. He started on his block, like he started in his neighborhood. My whole narrative, right, was to make sure that I was in my children's life because my dad, who I knew was in and out of jail, the whole, but he wasn't there, right? I wanted, so I'm trying to change just that world to make sure that I set right. some kind of precedence. So your world, if you have a greater a sphere of influence. If you're a school teacher, you might can change 40 people's world, right? That come to your class every day. LeBron James, and this is the last thing I'm going to say on it. He married his high school sweetheart. He didn't get a blonde bimbo when he got on. He took his boys with him, right? And not just as hanger-ons. He gave them jobs, put them in position to thrive, right? He is a successful businessman. He's socially conscious and aware. Just putting on that T-shirt is a revolutionary act in the face of racism mm -hmm. and the hoodie and all the other things that he does. And then he set up programs so kids can go from A to Z and be whatever they want. And you're going to hate on that. Is that not the keeping it real template? So, you know, we just... I think we do this because it makes us feel good that we didn't reach our personal goals. Mm. So no matter what, uh, you know, Illuminati is the answer for everything. Mm. You know, this, and I used to be that 10, 15 years ago. Must be the Illuminati. No, nigga, you ain't get off your ass and go to school and learn a trade. That's what the fuck it is. You know what I mean? Are there levels to the game? You're talking to Black Dot, so you preach oh, to the fly. That's what we keep saying. Like, look where his money had to go. Like, he has a lifetime contract with Nike. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, so his that's... Rumored to be like worth a billion dollars. Yes. Know what I'm saying? So he has the the the, the ends to do it, the, the means to do it. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So we're not just saying like he worked harder than that. Well, in this he worked harder than anybody in a certain yes area. And he's sacrificing himself to make sure these kids have an opportunity. Right. Right. I, I and to all the little kids who are gonna go to that school, if somebody touch you in your happy place, in your private place, tell your mama. Stop with all that other shit y'all niggas is talking. Y'all niggas is crazy. All of y'all niggas is crazy. You are tuned into the sounds of Urban X. So, uh, Monique, she, um, 
she was defending uh, Roseanne for her. Remember, people were calling Roseanne racist because she did text him, or she did tweet some racist stuff to that woman. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Monique said, you know, that's my sister in comedy, and I know she's not racist. But Monique's whole narrative when this whole Netflix thing was going on was, was of racism. Was racism. Yeah. And, and sexism. So it was just like, man. That's kind of confusing. But you also got to understand this. Sister in comedy, they have a sisterhood, right? Right. These comedians. Especially it's, women in comedy. Like, yeah, yeah. It. It, it's sort of like if me and you was basketball players. That's a brotherhood right. that those who never play basketball Would don't never understand. understand right? You just don't understand what we go through. So right. uh, just trying to give her, a, a, you know, look at it from a different perspective. They have a sisterhood. They probably broke bread. Uh, you know what I'm saying? To a point where she feels, from a personal perspective, that she's not a racist. Like, there's, we we all... Uh, everybody has... Um, and a, she probably is, but that's beside the point. Yeah, everybody has a friend like that. He was like, I, I know them. Like, she's not... Yeah. She probably didn't feel like that. But at the same time, I feel like, just from Monique's perspective, it, it, it weakens everything Absolutely. you said. It Absolutely. weakens everything you did. And if you live in the South, you have people, white people you hang out with. Right. You know what I mean? And they never give you any racist overtones or this Or oh, they like you. They like you. Like, like you can high five a white person at a ball game. Right? <laughs> I used to do it all the time. Yeah, the Yankees win. Hey. Yeah, white person. And then I'm going back to my hood and you're going back to your hood. Right. So, um, and, and, and that's another narrative that LeBron is talking about when he mentioned Trump is trying to... Uh, the only place where white and black people, even if it's just for a few hours, mm. are unified is in sports arenas, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're rooting for the same team, yeah. long as you're rooting for my team. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And then Spike Lee demonstrated that perfect in uh, Do the Right Thing on how white people don't like regular black people, but exalt and, and honor Michael Jackson right. or, you know what I'm saying, Michael Jordan. Right. Uh, those are not white, uh, black people. They're, they're, they're different. No, this is niggas. Right. Right, so it goes to show you even <clears throat> from their perspective. So, um, and when I speak of white supremacy, there are individual white people who, who do good shit. That's just a buck. I don't trust every black person. Let's keep that a buck. <laughs> just because you black, I'm supposed to just be like, oh, you on the team? No. You know what yeah. I mean? So let's be clear with what's going on here. And a part of their comedy sisterhood <clears throat> It's maybe forcing her to total total line a little bit. It just looked bad on her. But it's bad on yeah, her part just, because of you, the other you just, aspects. Yeah, you can't yeah. use it when it's convenient. Right. It can, we talked about and we that. Said, and we said that during, we were just like, yo, convenient, that was... Convenient. You know, we, we black power when it's convenient yeah. or we racist when it's convenient. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> What's going on in the chat? What we got in the chat? They done cursed me out already. I'm a coon. How big of a coon is black guy? <laughs> and if you're calling me a coon on uh, Facebook's networks... Uh, which is run by white people. <laughs> You're a coon too. All right, here we go. What do we got? Oh, time out. You know, we actually, um, what I wanted to talk about, they, uh, <coughs> in the Madden NFL games, right? There's a, yeah. there's a song with Big Sean on it, and he had a, uh, he had a lot about Kaepernick. And somebody like recorded it, and they showed that the they they took out the Kaepernick. They took out that part about Kaepernick. They the bleeped it like it was a curse. They didn't bleep it. They just kind of edited it out. Like so, Kaepernick is a curse now. Well, but it's like if you put a song on the radio, the only time they bleep it is if it's derogatory or curse. So they trying to erase him. That's, yeah, which is crazy. Now, let's get back to the That's Kaepernick like, ship. Like Quick. Inception, like absolutely. When he kneels. 
if he brings the NBA to its knees, NFL, NFL to its right. knees, that is then that becomes a symbol, an archetype symbol for power, right? Muhammad Ali lost everything, and when I say everything, I mean everything, right? <clears throat> That's why Muhammad Ali is an archetype symbol for fighting against white supremacy and defeating white supremacy to the point they had to give him, he beat them in a court of law and give him his, you know, and then he went back to work and got his title back. All right, so let's keep that clear. Show me, you know, show me this black power you talk about because I want to sign up for it. You know, and that doesn't mean we're not supposed to, uh, you know, be empowering. We just did a whole segment on, on urban excellence. So you know yeah. where we stand on the little small victories that help yeah. us reach our goal. If you want rhetoric, you got to go down the dial to somebody else's channel. We already got outside of ourselves a little bit tonight. Yeah, yeah. Today, that's un uncharacteristic, but I had to, I had to yeah, let it go. Yeah, we had to kind of release that. Yeah, so I had to let it go. You know, we're, we're not using common sense right now uh, with a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. Anything else going on? Because I'm ready to get up out of here. Oh, Apple's worth a billion. A trillion. A trillion. A trillion. Apple is worth a trillion. Yeah, I thought Amazon was going to do it first. Yeah, well, they'll be there soon because we like to buy shit. And then we like to get on the phone and show the shit that we bought. <laughs> yeah. So that's how that's going to connect. So for all of you out there fighting white supremacy, Apple is now worth a trillion dollars. And that and people and uh, I think uh, it was Forbes talking about the smart the smart money moves. That's literally just not paying taxes. That's all that is. Literally, but all of those loopholes. But legally, loophole not paying their so taxes. So would you say they're Republicans? What do you mean? Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the guy who owns Apple. He probably is. Yeah, yeah, like, it'd be, again, remember I said this week, I said this a few shows ago. You choose your, um, your party based on How your, much, your, your money. Yeah, based on your, um, you know. If you're looking the, for handouts, you're a Democrat. Right. If you run your own business and you want to use the loopholes available to Republicans so you that you don't have... tax breaks because you, you have want a lot of money. You're tax probably... breaks, you become a Republican. It's, it's really just that simple. It's really that simple. It's not that complicated. It's really not that complicated. I mean, if you... But that's only if you think your vote actually matters. But we'll Yeah, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. I ain't voted in, in, in 30 <laughs> years. I started to vote for Trump. But... So, I don't know if... um Oh, we're going to act like we didn't say that. Yeah, I started to vote for Trump on your ass. Why? Because he said the realest shit ever. Oh, what you got to lose? He said, what you got to lose since we're talking Democrat yeah. and Republican. He said, you've been a Republican your whole life. Democrat. Democrat. What has it gotten you? Nothing. He said, give me a chance. What do you have to lose? I was like, mm. And when he said that, because <laughs> we understand doing the same things and expecting a different result. Is insanity. Is sir. insanity. So he was just saying, you niggas are crazy. What if you at least try me? You can always go back. If you mm -hmm. try me, it may yield different results. But we want our politicians and people to lie to us. No, no, literally. We want them. Hillary literally. Clinton said hot sauce. And they could have asked her anything. Well, what do you think about the economy black people? Hot sauce. Well, your, your husband started the three strikes and hot sauce. Well, good answer. Good answer. Then she would have gave you niggas a concert from Jay-Z okay. and Beyonce. And we would have voted for her. Because we want our politics, because deep down inside, we're not after anything, but we want to be lied to. And it helps when we get lied to. Now, am I saying Trump is the man? No, I'm only fucking around with y'all. But I'm simply saying that was some real shit.
Right? Yeah, it's honest. That was some honest, real shit where you had to go, God damn. Somebody said Steve Jobs was a Democrat. He probably was a Democrat for y'all. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Think about if, again, we just, we're talking and, and about. And see, when you're that rich, you can be a Democrat. You can literally say, I'm a Democrat. Because you know that it's in favor with the people. It's sort of like uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce just doing a concert with Hillary Clinton because she was a Democrat, but they just was taking pictures with Trump two fucking years ago. Trump was their and I, boy. And I guarantee two they, fucking years ago. I right? guarantee they're taking full advantage of those republic or those tax breaks that are offered Absolutely. to the elite. Absolutely. So, like, you know so let's, let's be clear. Just two years ago, logic. Trump was popping bottles and Snoop and y'all we doing it. But because he represents what we think is the evil party, they just switch their shit up on you and they rolling with you on that bullshit. Getting that booth and, and vote Republican mm. on your ass. And come out and throw thumbs up to the people. Like, <laughs> these niggas voted Democrat. Come on, y'all can't fall for that stupid shit. Come on now. Come on now. What else we got going? Because I'm ready to get out of here. It's hot. Yeah, it is hot in here, B. And now we got beef in the streets. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn. Um, you heard about this kid. What's this kid's name? Uh, His name is... Uh, hold on. Can't... Hold on. This white boy. Yeah, who, this white boy. His name is Cameron Terrell. He joined the Bloods or the Crips. 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 Blue flag. Blue, Blue flag. flag. He joined the Crips, right? And he's out. They call him their little white boy, little vanilla drop or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, you know, Crips, it's time to put in work. So they say, yo, son, let's go put that work in. He drove his father's Mercedes. He drove his father's Mercedes to the drive-by. To the drive-by. They killed somebody. They killed somebody. Body them the way the Crips do. Right? They all get caught, mm-hmm. and he walks. Yeah, because and they they made the argument that uh, he was just enamored by the gang lifestyle. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't really he wasn't a gang really banger. A gang. He just was curious on their lifestyle, and he didn't think they were really gonna do it. So he was. It's sort of like when you used to buy rap albums in the eighties. These little white kids bought these rap albums mm. so that they could live the experience without really living the experience. So this was his way right. of kind of living, and he drove, and he's home, and they asked us going to jail. Because those other two that got went to, went to jail, they probably had public defenders. He probably had his own. Oh, he he was able to first of all put up the five million dollars. His bail was right. five milli, so they put that up right easy. So then they probably he probably had his own lawyer. I'm gu- I guarantee he had trust his own me, lawyer. Trust me, trust me. Right? Has, uh, all you have to do is say, like, yo, he, he didn't really want to do this. Or right. he was just fascinated and they made him do it. And what, what's, what's the term they use for rich people who do shit that they shouldn't do? Or It's, it's a term. It'll come to me. Fascinated by it? No, or? It, it's, a, 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 it's an affluent. It's, it's like a, a, the, the law of affluency or something where oh. I'm so rich. Like I just tried this. I uh, just tried this. Like I'm too rich to go to jail. You know what I mean? And it, trust me, it's a law. Look up affluency mm. or something. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. But some of these, you know, situations, mm. you know, okay. is going on. What do we got going on in the chat? You are tuned into the sounds of Urban X. Oh, another story of urban excellence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston has their first... Affluency. Affluenza, yeah. Not the disease, not affluenzas. It's something close to that, okay? Yeah, I, I don't know if somebody's trying to troll me or something, but I know it's something like that. Guilty by influence? 
No, it's 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 mm. called it's it's a one word thing like affluency or but affluence sound like the uh, fucking cold, you know, uh, sound yeah. like you caught a cold. Uh, Boston uh, Boston just appointed their first uh black police chief. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right, let's clap that up. And that's going that's going to be a tough job for him. Yeah, cuz Boston, Boston is, is racist. racist. Yeah, dude. Boston is blatantly racist yeah, town, dude. so uh yeah, that's going to be tough for him, but they putting him in a position and the white officers are not going to respect him. Yeah, so gonna that's going to be it's going to be rough. That's going to be rough for him, but uh, clap it up again for him. Good luck. We see you out there. Yeah. Man. And a story that's not urban excellence. Uh, the whole it's, there's a, a whole police department in North Carolina that got, that got suspended because the entire police department. Yeah, because uh, their chief and their second or their lieutenant they both got brought up on uh, corruption charges. What were they doing? Uh, ev- like uh, misusing evidence, putting and, yeah, st- they were putting evidence on people, planting evidence. Yeah, they were Damn, you get in a position of power, and yeah. this is what we do with the position of power. They were huh? yeah. God damn it, that is so unurban excellence. But good, good luck to them niggas. They gonna get, they gonna get it. Cause all them dudes they put in jail. Yeah. Hey nigga, remember me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I ain't had no drugs on me that day. Okay, oh, you know. So talking about the uh, the Charlemagne case, uh, these two ex uh, University of Texas football players were exonerated of rape, were cleared of rape charges. Let's clap that up. Yeah. I don't even need to hear the rest of the story. Let's clap that yeah. up. They were exonerated. They were exonerated. Yeah. Tell me the story. Tell me. Um, the story. I think uh, they want the dreads. He slept with this girl. I think they both slept with this girl. And she was cheating on her boyfriend, so she felt bad the next day and said that she was Was she a white girl? I think, yeah. Okay. So she was mad at her boyfriend, so she went and got with some brothers. Right. And she voluntarily gave up the the box. Right. But she felt bad about it. Mm Mm-hmm. So then she blamed them. Yes. And messed up their football careers. Yeah, one of them he was supposed he was going to be like a first round He was going to be a first round prospect. First round prospect. Yeah, he so he missed out on millions. And he missed out on millions yeah. because she lied. Is he now suing her? I don't know. He should though. I would. Will the NFL how long ago was this? 2 3 years two, ago. Two seasons. Is he too far removed to I, maybe get he, a walk on? Maybe spot? yeah. Now that his out, yeah. name is clear. Hopefully. So we want to big up those and, and, and you know, because... Oh, University of Tennessee. Sorry. University of Tennessee. University of Tennessee. Uh, they, there's a two-way street with this. Some brothers, of, uh, people are violating, and sometimes women do lie about those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And if a woman lies on you and her lie is convincing, you, 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 you're done. Yeah, Just you, going through the system, and when you get on the other side, and the stuff you got, your whole life could be ruined. Like you need like by this. like release forms. And, like. And, and what I'm saying now is, as I'm listening to Charlemagne's story, he doesn't seem too afraid or too concerned that this lie could ruin his career. He's just like, yeah, you know, and he's so I'm kind of, you know, watching his temperament. How he chooses to address it, it head one, on. In one part of the paperwork, it said that uh, he willfully spoke to police with no lawyer present. Like he okay. willfully and willfully participated in the DNA. Okay. So, Those are good signs on his part. Right. That's why that whole situation is so, so buggy to me. Like Maybe he's protecting somebody. Maybe. Just, mm. just throw that scenario out here. I think that's weird, B. You are tuned into the sounds of Urban X. Anything else going on here? Uh, we got anything else in the chat? Because we ready to get up out of here. This is it's hot in here. We got these lights on. Stuff that y'all can't see. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just dude. one of those kind of things. 
Did we see her documentary? I saw. I saw a piece of it. Pieces of what Choke No Choke Joke. No put joke up. Yeah. Absolutely. He's and, on his neck, B. Yeah, he's on his neck, and and SandraRose.com uh, posted the yeah. story as well. So that's one mainstream uh, network that's picking up. The rest of people are not picking it up. Most white people are corrupt. Yeah, Jason, I can't argue with that fact. I really can't. The term affluenza has also been used to refer to inability to understand the consequences of one's oh. actions because of financial privilege, such as the case of Ethan Couch. Thank you, Dante oh. Banks. That's what I was looking for. So it is affluenza. Like, you're too rich to know you're doing stupid shit. Wow, that's... Yeah, yeah, that's the term. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's the term. Yep. Choke no joke is no joke. Facts. Yeah, he's... he's Yeah. Are you guys coming to VA with Red Pill and Professor Grip? No. no. I don't do lectures anymore. So, but shout out to Red Pill and Blue Pill. They're going to tear the building down. I already know the way Griff prepares. Griff is what I call a lifer. And meaning he's been doing this his whole life. So this ain't even like a hustle or some, you know, shit for him. This is what he does. You know what I'm saying? Griff passed consciousness on to, if you've been in, in, in the 80s, then he passed it on and is still with us. So he's what I call a lifer. Red Pill is also a lifer based on his moms and pops and his upbringing. And now the stage is his to express. So shout out to them uh, doing what they do. We have any questions? Do we have any questions? Shout out to Q Butter. Shout out to Q Butter, who also has a school... Out in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Q Butter is doing his school, using his resources, uh, getting the resources. They also have a STEM program. Q, we coming out there. Give me a minute. We coming out there to just put the cameras on the children. Because, and let me say this too. I used to run an after school program out of my apartment. All right. Yeah, it yeah. was called the Now Withstanding Learning Program. I'm gonna clap that up for me. Right? I'm an alumni. He's an alumni. I'm an alumni. Right? Yeah. We moved all the furniture out of my living room. Yep. My partner, I'm not gonna mention his name, was a janitor at a school. He opened up the back door. We got computers, desks, bim, bim, bim. And we had about eight to twelve kids who came every day religiously to learn. My wife taught English. Uh, your Uncle Chill taught math, and they tried to skip his class a lot of times because <laughs> he was tough. My partner Dave taught science, and I taught the X-Files. And that was just what I used to teach the kids about who they were. We called it the X-Files. So we did this for a, a couple of years until my son Eli was born prematurely. And you know the story we there. We kind of had to change right. our narrative, and then Dad got sick. So we couldn't continue the program, and we started basketball programs for kids in the neighborhood, and our basketball programs was crazy. Oh, yeah, that tournament was ill. Right, we had yeah. uh, uh, newsletters that went out with the... Uh, the, the rosters, the, the trades. The rosters, the leagues. Yeah. We had trades. Yeah. You could trade for another player. We did the league, league stats. We fed everybody. We did all of this. So, so I don't ever want you to get the notion that Black Dot is just sitting on his ass behind a computer. No, I've always been hands-on. The situation now dictates where I can't do it as much. I say all of that to say, uh, you know, shout out to Q Butter and those who put their time, energy, and money to help the kids they can. Yeah. When we say change the world, we mean change your world. 
You know what I mean? So stop trying to swing for the fences. If all black people got together, all black people are not going to get together. Right? So let's just get that notion out of our heads. Work with those who are willing to work with you. And them kids, Q, will never, ever forget you. All of my kids are alumni mm. and adults now. And they still stop me. And they call me Brother Dwayne. They all graduated <laughs> from college. Because we used to have this thing, Brother Dwayne, uh, Sister Tanya, as we addressed yeah. them. We addressed them as Brother uh, you know, uh, uh, Clinton and Brother Cleavy yeah. and this and that. And Malcolm, I got to tell one story. What's the About you. Malcolm was the smallest kid in the class. Him and Momo. They was like the real um, little kids in the class. You know what I mean? This is a true story. You know, I got to give you my urban stories. All right? And what we did, what normal, you know, teachers do, we had everybody stand up in the class and tell us. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no what they that. wanted to be when they grew up. Right? And this <laughs> one would stand up and say, I want to be a doctor. No, no, no. Come on, I want to be a lawyer. No, come on, let's just end the podcast. Yeah. Let's just... I want to be a this and that. Okay. So, and then, <laughs> then we got, to, music. we got to Malcolm, right? And, you know, he's the smallest kid in the class. So, you know, I'm expecting, you know, whatever. And he stands up, right? And he's strong. He said, hi, my name is Malcolm. And when I grow up, I want to be a pumpkin. <laughs> now, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, all the older kids laughed at him and shit. You know, it was probably around Halloween time or something. <sighs> he was dead ass serious. <laughs> he said, when I grow up. I don't remember this. Not I want to be like my dad. I, I want to be a this. firefighter. This little nigga said he wanted to be a pumpkin. And he was dead ass serious about this shit. I didn't know how I was gonna make this shit happen for him. You know, I think maybe Halloween I put a you know fucking pumpkin head on him oh, or something. Man. I don't know. So that's our uh, you know Urban X story of Malcolm growing oh, up. Man. He didn't want to be all that other shit. Oh. Malcolm wanted to be Yo. a pumpkin. <laughs> so with that being said, you know we're gonna hit y'all with this. We love y'all out there, man. And all due respect. Black man, man. It's time to rock. I had to find a way. I couldn't find a job. Couldn't find a prayer. Couldn't find a God. Couldn't find a prayer. Couldn't find a God. Black man, man. It's time to rock. I had to find a way. I couldn't find a job. Couldn't find a prayer. Couldn't find a God. Couldn't find a prayer. Couldn't find a God. I woke up, then I logged in to that Urban X where they be flexing with that blog in. Put it down, cause my little homie called in. Had to bail him out, he in trouble with the law again. Black skin can't win in the white world. Seen a brother kill his own kid for that white girl. We ain't wanna go to school, but we had to. Every February was scary in them classrooms. Shimmy y'all, shimmy gay. Old dirty bastards can't own dirty slaves or they own dirty masters. Black dot found a pot as a youngin' broke it down for a son. Black mass, man, it's time to rock. I had to find a way, I couldn't find a job. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Black mass, man, it's time to rock. I had to find a way, I couldn't find a job. Couldn't find a prayer, couldn't find a God. Excellence, a product of my residence From four score to 44, Obama was the president I told mama I ain't trying to go to church I'm like Adam, every Adam is a product of the dirt And I've been reaping what he showed I got the product, got the dirt And I can teach you what I know But then you got him put in work 
you in trouble if you waiting on the government. I told my bro I make it out the hood and that's a covenant. This program is brought to you by Paper, Tutors for All. The last couple of years haven't been easy for students. Kids are struggling. Schools and families are too. But what if there are new ways to help? What if tutoring was part of every student's experience? What if it was available 24-7 and free? When schools choose Paper, students get free 24-7 access to tutors. And if you're listening to this right now, there's a good chance your child's school already has Paper or will be adding it very soon. Visit paper.co and find out more.